Welcome to another very special episode of Alex B. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode, we'll be discussing Season 5, Episode 2 of Family Ties. This episode is titled Starting Over, and it originally aired on October 2nd, 1986. And with me, as always, to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Phil, how are you? Doing pretty good, even though I'm sad about this episode. Okay, this episode, don't even get me started already, is dumb. <laughs> dumb, dumb, dumb. I think there's a lot of merit to the episode itself, but what it speaks to the larger narrative of Family Ties is definitely heartbreaking. Yeah, it was so sad. Yeah. So Heidi asked me some questions that I told her I was going to talk to you about because I thought you would probably remember. Okay. So as we go through the episode, I'll make sure to uh, to ask you those questions. Give us the Heidi questions. Good. The HQs. <laughs> right. <laughs> from HQ. <laughs> Live from HQ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Before we get into this, would love to remind you guys that we have an email address. Alex is my friend at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us how sad you are. About what happened to Ellen in this episode. <laughs> right? Oh, so sad. What else, Keith? Where else can people find us? They can find us on Facebook. We have a group. It's the uh, Alex P. Keaton is my friend show on yeah. Facebook. That's good. Yes, a great place to get in touch with us, to share things, to commiserate about how much we miss Ellen, etc. I'm already like pretty sad that she's gone. Forever. It's not forever. Whatever happened to poor Ellen? But it's not forever. No, because we're going to get a clip show and then uh, like a flashback episode. <laughs> well, kind of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it more. But there, we will see Ellen again, but it's it's not going to feel as good as the normal ones do. No. Because we're going to know that, you know, it's just like one of those weird one-offs. Yeah. <sighs> but Phil, we also have a website. We do, yes. And our website is alexpkeatonismyfriend.com. That's an excellent place. You can listen to the show. You can make comments on episodes if you want to like leave a direct comment there. Do you get a notification if uh, somebody leaves a comment? I do. And a oh. lot of the notifications I get are from spam. Okay, okay. <laughs> I like spam. Spam is so good. It, it can be tasty. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of the email spams are distasteful. Oh. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Well played, sir. Now, those don't get posted. Like, I get a notification on anything that looks suspicious and, you know, can just report it as spam. Oh, In fact, gotcha. I think I have all of them. I have to, like, approve it. So, oh, it's. That it's makes sense. Safe. Yeah. You don't want somebody getting in there and uh, leaving a comment that is uh, offensive or something. Right, because there definitely are those that come down the pipeline. <laughs> oh, interesting. I mean, it's just like spam, spam. It's not like someone has come on there and commented a real comment about what we've said offensively. It's just, you know, whatever nasty links or whatnot. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Now I'm following. Yeah. I'm like, oh, dang, somebody's saying some something uh, offensive. Not about us, just no, a bot or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's trying to send people down uh, bad rabbit holes. No, I mean, if someone wants to come on and say something like offensive about 
the actual show, I mean, then at least it's opening a dialogue, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So we're, we're okay with that then. Yeah. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing I won't, cause you can also edit it. So I could edit it for content. If there's anything like truly offensive, I would rather get a comment like that than nothing. But okay. I would also rather get a nice comment. You know, that would be really cool. A thought or, or whatnot, something that uh, we can bounce off yeah. of. To All be right. fair, I've never gone to the website of a podcast that I've listened to and made a comment on their website directly. So I understand it's not like a common thing people do. But, you know, it's an option. It's always there just in case. And it's nice to have options. Always. Sha-la-la-la. Alex wanted some options in this episode. He didn't, actually, at first. Well, he didn't. He eventually thought he wanted options, and then it just it all fell apart. It was sad. Well, you should tell us about it. Let's do it. I'm just going to I'm gonna do it. We're going to get right into it. This episode opens in the kitchen. Alex is moping. Steven and Elise come in, and we find out right at the top that Ellen is gone. She's gone to Paris. She got a dance scholarship. And she's not going to be dating Alex anymore. They broke up. No, she just bails. She's gone. And like off screen. It's not like we have a goodbye. There's no, I'm not using like look at a picture of her during this episode. No. She's just There was gone. no like, uh, you know, memory bubble of her or anything. No. Now behind the scenes, we know that she moved on to other things. And of course they actually wound up dating and marrying in real life. So it's not like truly sad, but it's sad for those of us who are invested in their relationship oh yeah because they were awesome it was a perfect romance now here's the crazy part we are at the end of their relationship and this is only the second episode that we've heard their song in (laughs) right (laughs) and we got it twice in this episode we got it two times in this episode which i will specify when but all this time i thought it was building up to this is going to be their song i wonder if it's not in like the flashback type episode that we get Maybe it's in there as well. At this point, how do they even say that that song was catapulted to you know fame because of the show when it's only played three or four times total in you know between two episodes in a year? I guess. I mean, you know, maybe through uh, reruns. You know, maybe it was a popular rerun episode. Okay. And you do have like the band actually on screen, so maybe that you know really helped. I guess. I don't know. It just seems so odd that it was such a famous song. I mean, I was thinking they were going to play it, you know, just kill us with it because it was like every time she was on the show, they played it. Nope. That didn't happen. Like that U2 song they did in Friends for Ross and Rachel, right? Every time they were on screen together after they started dating, it it played that song like over and over again. I'll take your word for it. Karen, I think it was I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For or In the Name of Love. No, that doesn't make sense because that's like... That's like <laughs> Maybe a Sunday, song. bloody Sunday. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I think it was. I still haven't found what I'm looking for, but I'm not sure. It was a U2 song. Janelle's gonna have to write in and correct me on it. But well, it was, I'm sure uh, she will. I'm, I hope she does. But anyway, okay. It, they have not featured it in that way, which is what I was kind of expecting based on our previous knowledge. Hopefully, someone can help us figure this out a little bit. Well, anyway. They're consoling Alex. He's been just, you know, moping around the house. In fact, Mallory and Jennifer come in and they're excited that he's actually gotten out of his room. He's in the kitchen, which is great, but he's very broken <laughs> up about it. You know, very just he, he's so upset, which we all are. And he decides he's going to finally like go out. And so he heads into the 
okay, I'm pretty sure this is the like diner cafeteria at Leland. Is that this is the place they were at, right? Yeah, but it was also kind of like a student store or something because they had things like behind. Right. But the guy didn't have a cash register. He was like writing things on a notepad. So I think this was the same room they were in in the chess episode when he meets up with the Russian opponent guy. Oh yeah, you remember? I'm pretty sure that's this is the time we've seen that same place. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. And we were trying to trying to like figure it out. I think it's just like a student cafeteria, restaurant, lounge, whatever. They've got like the student store, like you said, but they also have some snacks. They have a jukebox. They do. So Alex bumps into a couple of his friends and they're like kind of, oh, we've heard about Ellen. Glad to see you out here. And they're ready to hear his, you know, sob story. Oh, we're here for you, man. And he says, oh, yeah, this has just been really hard on me. And then right then their girlfriends walk in and they're, okay, well, that's all the time we've got for you. And they get up and the girls, their girlfriends are also like they've heard about Alex having broken up with Ellen or getting dumped by Ellen in their words. And apparently everyone in the whole cafeteria area all has heard about it. They're like, yeah, we all know. <laughs> and Alex has just broken up about it. They, they take off. The guys and the girls take off. And he's kind of just hanging out alone. He goes over to the jukebox. And he plays the song, which again, it's by Billy Vera and the Beaters. And the song is At This Moment. So that's the one that they played at the dance where they first met. <sighs> and Alex is just so sad about it. And He is. As he's over there at the jukebox, this girl comes up who it turns out her name is Sharon. And she is a waitress at the little cafeteria diner thing that they're in. She kind of starts talking with him. She's heard about Ellen, too. And we find out that maybe she's been a little interested in him. But, of course, they never, like, hit it off before because Alex is always with Ellen. And they kind of flirt a little bit. Alex tells her she's very hip, which I thought was a pretty uh, great pickup line there, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is she too hip to be square? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Oh, man. There's some great lingo in this episode. Oh, my gosh. It reminded me of uh, Joe Claro's book that, you know, we talked about that. Absolutely. Some of the weird language. There was some, yeah, I feel like there was some shared DNA here with this episode. And really, it makes sense. I mean, since our last appearance of Ellen was in the book... Think of how he was treating her in the book. Like, it kind of makes sense she's done with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy that it could be potentially canon. I think so. I mean, we're going to have to take it as that. And it it makes sense in the timeline. So. Yeah. The other thing we find out is that Sharon has also been the waitress in there. And that she's always been waiting around for Ellen to be gone. And also for Alex to leave a nice tip. And we found out through that that Alex tips 4 to 5% on a bill. <laughs> Going right. So, yeah. Alex is always is a little cheap there. Yeah. Um, we also find out that she's into, like, some kind of heavy metal or hardcore or punk or something. She likes headbanging records. When she gets upset, she screams and headbangs to loud music until the police show up. <laughs> <laughs> Until they break down the door. Yeah, which does seem right off the bat that maybe this is not a great fit for Alex. But Alex is just wanting to get back out there. I think he's oblivious to the signs. And the next scene is they are coming into the Keaton's house. He invites her over to his house. Like, yes. just like that. Seems like a quick move there. Yeah, he didn't let the grass grow on that one. No, he did not. No, he did not. In fact, we find out that he invited her over to listen to some of his headbanging records because he tells her that he's into headbanging, too. Um, he leaves her downstairs to go up and 
get his records. Meanwhile, Steven and Elise come in and they're like very excited to meet a girl that Alex has brought home. They're so excited that he's, you know, finally getting back out there and they're very, of course, awkward about it. <laughs> oh my gosh, so bad. Steven's like, oh, it's a girl. Honey, it's a girl. It's a girl. <laughs> You're right, Steven. She is a girl. <laughs> So Alex comes down, and they kind of, you know, make themselves scarce. They go back to the kitchen and make some soup, um, according to Steven. <laughs> That's yeah. the right choice. Soup is delicious. Yes, that is good. And he said, get this woman a ladle or the ladle of her choice. <laughs> <laughs> I think for Betty Crocker, don't you get, like, the golden ladle, you know, when you have the soup that wins? No. Award? I mean, I don't know that, but that sounds amazing. I want a oh, golden yeah. ladle. Yeah, I just want the soup. Well, I do love soup. Soup is good. I do too. Does that make us old or is it just that soup is really that good? Uh, well, I think for us it's seasonal too. Like, you know, I'll eat soup pretty much any time because I'm a monster. But <laughs> this is, it's cold outside and like right. I had soup today at lunch. It's a good time to have soup. Yeah. It's warm and filling. It is. And just hearty and delicious. Well, that's what the parents wanted. Stephen and Elise take off to the kitchen Alex, uh, he says he's sorry his sister's door was locked, her room was locked, and so he couldn't get his headbanging records out. So he brought these instead, and she's like, these are learn-to-type records. <laughs> Which, by the way, how do you learn to type off of a record? This is phenomenal. I have, like, a really random collection of stuff. I love records that are weird like this. No, not you, Phil. I know. It, it might be somewhat of a shock, but I do. I have like a collection of weird like educational records. I have a typing record. I also have a record about learning how to play baseball. What? And I have a record learning how to be an air traffic controller. Oh, okay. Amongst other, I've got a lot of weird ones. So, I don't know. Like, I don't know how that would work. I don't understand like how it's successful. I didn't learn how to type by listening to it. But I do love weird stuff like that. So it's cool that Alex had those. <laughs> Have you ever listened to that record, though? Yeah, I mean, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I listened to a sample of it to hear what it was about. And I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand how, you know, it talks you through. Okay, put your fingers here and there and type this or whatever. But Oh, okay. Still doesn't. It's just kind of, like, curious. Like, you know, it's not like watching a YouTube video like where you no. actually can see people do it and. Right. Well, no, it'll tell you, you know, put your index finger should be on the letter F, or I don't even know where it should be, but wherever it is it's supposed to be. Yeah. And it talks you through it like that. It, it makes sense, but man, that seems like a roundabout way to learn a skill like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you're a visual learner, you're hosed. Oh, yeah. You're, never you're out of luck. Learn. No yeah. way. It also is concerning that perhaps whole generations of air traffic controllers learn by listening to a record. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've heard the news, but they've had a few planes like almost hit each other because air traffic controllers said, yes, you can take off from this, you know, uh, runway. And then another plane is coming in at the same time and they've crossed. And I mean, there was just one in the news on Monday. So, but how is it not all just computerized at this point? That's <laughs> what I thought too. And why is the computer not telling you like, don't do this? Yeah. Error. But. Hmm. Yeah, it was like a UPS plane and like a passenger plane almost collided on Monday. Wow. I want to say Washington, D.C. or maybe somewhere back east. I can't remember exactly. So, Well, if they have a turntable, maybe they could borrow my record and it would help them out a little bit. Yeah, and if they had a microphone, they could be a DJ too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, he's just head over heels. It turns out... 
that he, even though he doesn't have anything in common with her, he asks her out and she says, yes, they're going to go out on a date uh, the next night. And she takes off because she's got to get to do whatever. And Alex just, he's so excited. He's dancing around and everyone's congratulating him. He's high-fiving and he's like super excited. In fact, he says something along the lines of there's a, a girl tree and he wants to like pick the girls off the tree and he's got this whole like <laughs> scenario made up in his mind about how he's just like he's he's able to he's back out to picking the girls and it's very confusing and Elise definitely Because they're ripe like and beautiful and ready for the picking. That's right, that's right. <laughs> and Elise is not too pleased, I don't think, with his little scenario. But No. Alex is feeling good. Everyone's happy and excited. A little bit later on, Jennifer and Mallory, they come downstairs and they announce that they have helped Alex and they've done like a the makeover for Alex and they announce him Alex, the king of hypnos. <laughs> and he, co- he comes down the stairs and he's got like this amazing like 80s suit. I don't know, like Miami Vice style or something. I don't know how to describe it exactly. How would you describe this, Keith? So that's 100% what I wrote down is that it's a Miami Vice style. Yes. He's got the loose-fitting pants. He's got um, just a plain, almost a pastel-colored kind of shirt. I think this one was more gray, but it was kind of that gray-blue color. Yeah. And then he had a jacket that matched the pants, but it was, you know, the big puffy sleeves yep. and not not buttoned or anything like that. In fact, I don't even think it has buttons. Yeah, it's made to be, like, open like that, like Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then when he... Oh, I'm sure you're going to get there. I'll wait. I'll just wait. Well, they have him do, like, a walk. They want him to show <laughs> off his walk, which I don't even know how to describe it. It just was amazing. It's like um, it's like a kid trying to do walk like an Egyptian. Yeah, exactly. It, it was very far away from what I would imagine hip actually was at the time. <laughs> right? Oh. But Steven's very excited and proud. He said it's rad or schmad, or just plain bad, whatever means groovy these days. Oh my gosh, Steven is so good. <laughs> he's And then Alex, after, he's like so excited, he's all pumped, and he says, I'm hip, I'm cool, I'm a happening fool. <laughs> I mean, there was just so much, I mean, I know that was the joke, but it was also amazing to hear what the 80s lingo they were even mocking was. It was great. Oh my gosh, so, so bad. And he said what it is at one point as well. <laughs> right? And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, man. That whole bit. Amazing. Oh, so amazing. My favorite part is when he sat up and he's got his foot up in the air and he's wearing, like, the slipper shoe and there's yep. no socks. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yuck. It was oh. very much of its time. It was phenomenal. That whole, oh. that whole scene was great. Right? It was so perfect. We also learn in that scene, by the way, I think it's at the top of the scene, that Andy, I think he went to bed early. He's not taking a nap, but he went to bed early. And we never actually see Andy in this episode. No. Well, he was in the last episode, so I'm sure there's kid laws that say right. that you know they can only be in like every third one or something. But he is credited at the top of the show, and therefore on IMDb. So I'm wondering if, because of that, that number that we got, 75 episodes, may not be totally accurate. Oh, so if he's credited on IMDb, it shows that he was in the episode right. and he wasn't really. So mm. there may be less than we thought. He's in the, the credits, obviously, but he's not actually in the show. Sure. So uh, that'll hmm. be interesting to see. But we never see him in the episode. So anyway, Alex goes out on the date. There's back at the pizza place, which I feel like this is the same restaurant as the other one, but just redressed maybe. 
Yeah, well, and it's been a pizza place before. Yeah. That's where, um, oh gosh, Mallory kissed Skippy. Yeah. Remember because Skippy and Alex were kind of going after the same girl at the same time? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Slightly, it looks. And it was a pizza place then. Slightly different. Like, I think they kind of rearranged it a bit, but it's, I'm pretty sure that same place there. And <laughs> Alex, oh man, they have an awkward, an awkward dinner. But here's another reference to a Joe Claro quote, which. This makes me think even more that they really did, like, consider it canon. Because he said to her, he says to Sharon, When you smile, I get goosebumps up and down the back of my neck. Which is almost the quote from Joe Claro. He said in in the Joe Claro book, he said, I get a funny feeling in the back of my neck. Yes. And he gets bubbly toes. And, well, and of course, French fry toes. He didn't mention that <laughs> French in French fry episode. toes. But, like, that's too similar to not to be a coincidence. Because that's a weird way to say it. Yes. Yeah, because who gets goosebumps up and down the back of their neck? No, it doesn't make sense. And, and in the book, he gets a funny feeling in the back of his neck. That's two references to the back of his neck. That's that can't be a coincidence. I think they took the Joe Claro as as canon. They had him write the book to bridge when Ellen leaves to explain why she's just gone all of a sudden. See, I think that they hired Joe Claro to be a writer in the writer's room for just a hot minute. He did a few episodes and he bailed out. Interesting. I wonder if he ever actually was. I'm gonna look. Wouldn't that be funny if he was and we didn't even know? IMDB will tell us. When I type it in, Greedy comes up, which is with Michael J. Fox. Hmm. But, like, I don't see a listing for him. It's not in the writing credits. Why does that come up, though, when I type Joe Claro? Yeah, that's kind of weird. That is interesting. I don't know. I don't see, like, a listing for Joe Claro, but it does come up on that. So, I don't know. I'll have to do some more research here. I think Joe Claro, I think he's got more involvement than we realize. We'll keep an eye out for Joe Claro. We're going to do some research on that one. Well, anyway, throughout the dinner, Alex is very awkward. He obviously wants Sharon to be like Ellen. So throughout, he does things like he asks her to pull her hair out and like have it, you know, loose instead of up, you know, up like it was, and wear some glasses mm-hmm. and put on some perfume. All these things that Ellen used to do, or you know, things that he got from Ellen, and she's on to him immediately, very unhappy with it. Oh yeah. He also wants her to order a different plate than he ordered because he said his favorite part of the meal is when in the middle of the meal they say change plates and they swap so they can try the other person's food. <laughs> Which is, I mean, except they did it every time, so you're not really trying it anymore so much as you just do it because now you like a little bit of both. Yeah, you're splitting the place. But I'll tell you, that's, I mean, Janelle and I have done that not exactly that way, but we've always done that where if you're at a place with with a lot of stuff that looks good, you each get something that looks good and then we, we share it all, you know. Oh, yeah. It totally goes family style. Yeah. So I get his interest in her doing that, but. He made it really weird. Obviously, he was trying to just turn her into Ellen, and she realized it right away. In fact, the perfume was the final straw. He actually pulls out the perfume that Ellen wore and squirted it on her, and then the the waiter (laughs) guy comes by. He kept saying, like, oh, man, you look just like Ellen. If you put on those glasses, you look like Ellen. And at the end, he, like, sniffs her, and he's like, yeah, you smell just like Ellen. And she's just, like, done. (laughs) She says, basically, she says, you know, when you're ready to be interested in me, let me know, but I'm done with this. And Ooh. right, well, as, I can't wait till we get to guest stars then to find out. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna look at that. Of course, this was right as the food was being brought out. So Alex comes home with two leftover bowl things full of the pizza, or not? Wasn't pizza? It was chicken. Some was, sort of a chicken pasta. Chicken yeah. pasta. That's what it was. Yes. 
So he comes back. Steven and Elise are in the kitchen, and they're like, oh, how did the date go? And Alex is bummed. He kind of just talks about how it didn't work out, and they, she left him, and Steven is, and Elise are so upset. Steven says, how could she lead us on like that? And they're just they're taking it very personally, and... <laughs> he's so upset and he's like Alex is saying like there just should be like a, a girl store where you can go and and buy you know pick out the girl that you want and buy it right there and Steven's like well there are stores like that but they're illegal in this state <laughs> <laughs> so they console him you know Lee tells him tells Alex you know what a great guy he is and he'll find someone you know and maybe not rush into it so much because he had such a good relationship with Ellen and Stephen and Elise go on up to bed, and the song kicks back in again at this moment by Billy Vera and the Beaters, and Alex decides he's going to write a, a letter to Ellen. So he goes, and he gets out some paper, and he sits down at the table, and we get a voiceover of him reading the letter, you know, that he's writing to her, and basically just, you know, saying how much he misses her, and he hopes she's doing well, and, you know, he's moving on, and, and he still loves her. At the end, he signs, your pal... And then he says, no, your son? Your son? <laughs> just weird. That didn't make sense at all. And then finally he's like, no, no, love Alex. And oh. we get a freeze frame with Alex at the table writing a letter and with a giant glass of milk next to him. Right. Well, and there was some sort of a plate with maybe some cornflakes on them. Yeah, something. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of the episode. Right? The camera does like a weird pullback, and then uh, he's just kind of sitting there looking all forlorn. And at first I thought, oh, are they going to freeze frame this? Because it went for, I don't know, a couple of heartbeats there. And I was like, oh, they're not freeze framing. And then they did. So I was like, okay. They lingered a little bit there first. So we had to buy into his sadness and grief. And we did. We were sad on his behalf because we love Ellen. Right? We're so mad at her. Why'd she have to leave, Phil? At least we know they get married in real life, so there's like a happy ending. But man, it's it was brutal. They really set it up to be like they're going to be together forever. And now, I wonder if the producers were like, you know, we love her, we want her to stay, and then she's just like, nah, or you know, maybe maybe they didn't want him to be happy and and already have that relationship, you know, by season five, you know, four and five, I guess. But Well, it does open up for more narrative options for dating and college and that kind of stuff, and that may be part of what the decision-making process was. I don't know. But it makes sense, hmm. you know. I mean, now he can meet new girls and keep it interesting instead of the same old person every week. And that's well, a lot of times how they deal with relationships and sitcoms, you know. Yeah, that's true. Keep it fresh. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld never dated a girl more than two episodes in a row. Yeah, well, half the time you can remember their name. Right. <laughs> so, it was, I mean, it was, I enjoyed it as an episode, but man, it was heartbreaking. Oh, such a bummer, because Alex was just beside himself. He was totally not Alex at all. No, he was very, I mean, except for when he talked about tipping 5%. That, <laughs> okay, we saw a little yes. glimpse of him in there. But other than that, <laughs> he was just depressed. Yeah, and I was so sad for him because they were such a great couple. They really, really were. But we do mm. get one more episode, like you said. We know there's one more episode that was shot during season four that they aired, you know, because they aired some of the episodes out of order. Or they saved them, I guess, as later filler. And I can't mm-hmm. remember the exact scenario. But one way or another, we know we're going to get some. And there's one episode that does have Ellen in it where he's still dating Ellen. So we will get to see her one more time, even though it's not truly 
a return. And then she's also in some flashbacks during a clip show later on as well. And I'm already looking forward to the clip show because those are amazing. I suppose it's possible that either of those episodes, the clip shows or the one that she, you know, they did season four, could have their song again. Oh. I don't know, but there's room for it to be played a couple more times there. Well, I looked it up again, and it said that it was catapulted up the charts, I guess, back in the day in 1987 because of family ties. And I'm just like, man, how? I guess if there was a rabid fan base, though, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, that song is amazing. I love it. Well, you know what else is interesting? Okay, season four, season five, a show has to have 100 episodes to go into syndication, which means we're at the syndication point here or close to it. So, it is very possible that because it goes into syndication shortly after this, that episode gets seen a lot more. Because then it's being rebroadcast all over the place, and that's probably one they featured a lot. So, even though it wasn't a new episode, I bet you people got a chance to watch it because of that. Well, and if they're playing them over the summer, well, they did. Because between season four and five, season four ended early. Yeah. And then season five didn't start until September, I think, Right, right? Right, right. Okay, so they had a long summer, and maybe they were playing the junk out of it over the summer, too. I wouldn't be surprised. I bet you they do, because of that. And I'll tell you, this also is a good lead-in to mention that we're almost through enough episodes to be syndicated. What? This is episode 97, by my count. So we're... 97? Just a few away. We're almost, uh, what are we, centurions? Is that... Man, now that you said that, centennial... Centennials? It's almost our centennial. Centigenarian. Yeah. Oh, centigenarian. Yeah. We're almost centaurs. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yep. 100 cents. <laughs> yes. We're almost to 100 cents. That's a dollar. Yeah. So um, I know it's octogenarian for the 80 year olds. What's a 90 year old? Nonagenarian. Oh, yeah. Well, because a nonagon mm. is a nine sided figure. Oh, so we look great to say that we're in our 90s. Yeah, we are. I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> <laughs> right? I feel very spry. Sha-la-la-la! Well, I would also feel good if we talked about guest stars. Yes! Because we had quite a few in this episode. Yeah, we did. All right. Well, I suppose right off the bat, the first one we should talk about is Sharon. Sharon McElroy was her last name they gave in the show. And Sharon was played by an actress named Haviland Morris. First name H-A-V-I-L-A-N-D. Haviland. Which is funny, and Heidi recognized her right off the bat. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, she knew exactly who she was. Do you know what she recognized her from? 16 Candles. Yes! Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, that was uh, Jake Ryan's girlfriend in the car that was talking smack. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Okay. And this isn't too long after that, so she still looks very much like she did in that movie at this episode here. Yeah, so Heidi said that she recognized her voice. Interesting. I mean, I've definitely seen 16 Candles before, but I don't know it well enough to have recognized her from that. So that's good. Yeah, I had nothing. So I can barely remember. I think she had like a top and kind of to the side ponytail or something. Sounds about right. In the car. (laughs) Yeah, and was like a cheerleader. Well, she actually is still actively acting. She's uh, got 52 acting credits. She's done a lot of like TV shows recently as, you know, just one-offs like Blue Bloods, Elementary, The Good Wife, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, things along those lines. 
her most recent credit is 2022, so she's still, you know, going strong. She did a short run on uh, One Tree Hill. Lots and lots of shows. She was in One Life to Live, which is, that's a soap opera, right? Yes, I I think so. Yeah, that looks like it's a soap opera, because she was in 74 episodes of that between 1999 and 2003. So, had a recurring role there. She was also in Home Alone 3, which apparently is a movie that exists. Well, anyway, Haviland was in, like you said, she was in 16 Candles in 1984. She actually was only in four things before she did this episode of Family Ties. This is her only episode of Family Ties, so apparently Alex never is interested in her. He just wanted her to be Ellen. Aww. One other movie of note, though, she was also in Gremlins 2, The New Batch. I haven't seen that movie in a minute. That's a good movie. It is. That one, I mean, it's very, like, meta. It's, like, com- commenting on itself and on Hollywood and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Very different, like, from the first one, but very good. Very good. So that's uh, that's Sharon. That's, that's all we get from her. But interesting connection there. I'm very impressed with Heidi's recognition there. Yeah, and the fact that she was, like, she knew um, her voice, and she's like, oh, she was on 16 Candles, and I go, wait, what? And she goes, oh, I haven't seen her face very good yet. Let me just look at her, just to make sure. (laughs) And I'm like, but you already knew who it was. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. She has that distinctive voice, and I'm like, okay. All right, up next, we have Carmine, who was the waiter at the restaurant. Did you recognize him at all? Yes, we've seen him before numerous times. We have. And I always confuse him for the other guy. Yeah, there's a couple of kind of gruff, bigger dudes that are similar. But he uh, is played by Robert Costanzo, which definitely sounds familiar. I'm not going to go through his stuff because we've talked about it a number of times. He has 295 acting credits, and he's still going strong. So. Shoo. He's been on five episodes of Family Ties. This is his fourth of five appearances. So we have talked about oh, him several one times. one more. Before. Yes. He was in Help Wanted. He was one of the guys with Gina Davis who uh, auditioned or auditioned, interviewed to be the housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was not hired because Gina Davis was. What a glory day that was. It, absolutely. Karen, right? Karen? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Karen. Then last season, he was in Nothing But a Man. He was Andrew the Waiter, which is funny because he was a waiter, but had a different name than he did yeah. in this episode. Instead of just having him be Andrew again, he was now he's Carmine in this episode. My sweet Carmine. Then, speaking of cars, in Engine Trouble later on in last season, he was Sam, who was, you know, in the, that's when Elise and Alex go and learn how to work on cars at like a college yeah. class. And then we got him in this one. Starting over, he was a, he was Carmine. And then finally, he appears one more time in season six. So oh. we'll, uh, as a different character again altogether. Oh, interesting. We'll be talking about him again. Up next, we have Michael Zorek playing Flom. Flom. Do you remember that him from before? No. Okay, so this is one of the two guys that... Oh, Alex, the friends. The friends, right. And Yes, yes, yes. One of them is named Flaum, or Flaum, F-L-A-U-M. And remember, we talked about him before, because he has been on it before. Um, mm-hmm. The actor's name is Michael Zorek, and he did not do a lot. He only has, like, 17 acting credits, but one of the things he was also in was Teen Wolf 2, not the original one, but the sequel with Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. 
But this is his second of two appearances on Family Ties. Oh, so he's been Alex's friend twice. Yes. The last time, though, was in season three, Best Man. And this one, he was jealous because his friend was getting married and he wasn't spending enough time with his buddies. Oh, yeah. So he was one of the friends that that he had at that time. And they were all going to play poker or something, I think, right? Yeah, and then he wanted to be with his fiance, and Alex freaked out about it and everything. So Flom, or Flaum, I forget. Because I don't think they actually said his name in this episode. Maybe he did. No. Yeah. I don't remember them saying it at all either, because I, I remember looking at him going, oh, that guy, he's been in an episode before. There you go. So two episodes of him, but that's the last one. And then the other guy who was his friend there was Neil, the other you know friend who was in the diner there with Alex. Yeah. Neil is played by John Putch. So he is actually in three episodes of Family Ties. Oh. But what's funny is the first episode he was in was in season one, episode four. So way back okay. in the beginning, and he played Pete Drucker. Which I don't remember specifically. It might have been one of Alex's friends. I think it was. But he just had a different name. Then, in season two, episode 11, called Birthday Boy. Which, again, I'm not remembering off the top of my head. But he played Neil. Which is the character he was in this episode three years later in season five, episode two. So he was Alex's friend in two other episodes, but two different friends of Alex. And it's been a while. And it wasn't the same one that Flom was in. That's so interesting. Another friend episode. Oh, that's the one where they were at the uh, the bar. Oh, yeah. That's right. Where Alex is a, a pilot and he's going to go attack yeah. Canada. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. He was one of those three guys at the bar. How funny. That's interesting that they pulled actors who played Alex's friends before, but not necessarily ones that interacted with each other from totally different episodes. Well, the good news is they made it to Leland after they finished attacking Canada. They so. did. That's right. <laughs> Thank goodness they did. Well, we have two more. These ones were just real quick, but there were two girls that the two girlfriends that showed up to the friends are also credited. The first one is, it says on here, Rini. Rini Crawford was the name they gave. I don't remember them calling a girl Rini, but maybe they did, or maybe it's pronounced differently. But it's R-E-E-N-I-E is how they spell it. Played by an actress named Carrie Remsen. She only has 22 credits. And she stopped acting in 1995, so, like, she is not currently active. This is her only episode on Family Ties, so we have not talked about her before. I don't think she's going to come back in and be dating Flom anymore, so. Oh, well, if Flambe is not in in the show anymore, then I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's a shame. (laughs) Uh, But she did a few appearances on TV shows, 21 Jump Street, and uh, the ABC Afternoon Specials. It's pretty great. Doogie Howser, Beverly Hills 90210. Just a lot of one-off on episodes here and there. And mm-hmm. uh, that was it. She kind of... Some fun shows, though. Good shows. Yeah, good stuff. But she just stopped acting. Doesn't say why. Doesn't have a lot of info. So there you go. There you go. And then finally, and this one is actually... This is a really interesting one here. The other girlfriend, the character's name was Margie Hanley. She was played by an actress named Nan Vernon. Nan? No, Nan, yeah. No. Not Nan Winters. <laughs> Nan Vernon. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. This is her only acting credit. This oh. one episode of Family Ties. However, what she's actually known for, and this is interesting, is she has a bunch of credits, not a bunch, but several credits 
uh, in the music department, she's a vocalist. She's a singer. So she's oh. in, like, for instance, Guardians of the Galaxy. She's credited as a solo vocalist from the music department. Oh, wow. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. She was in Halloween 2, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Like a bunch of different movies where she's a musician on it, or TV shows as well. Interesting. So for whatever reason, she got this one acting gig. Well, I was like, who is this person? Because there's a pretty good feature about it. And it turns out she also has a famous relative. Oh, okay. Her father is John Vernon, who's an actor that you would definitely recognize if you saw him. He, I mean, I think he's got like, yeah, over 200 credits, 213 credits. The thing that I recognize him from, because I just clicked through to see the picture right off the bat, he's the Dean from Animal House. Oh, okay. But he's in like so many things. Airplane 2, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Dirty Harry, and literally over 200 different things. I could go on and on, but just kind of interesting that his daughter happened to be in one episode of Family Ties and is a musician as well. Yeah, that's so cool. There you go. That's my fun finds for the guest stars. Well, well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's actually funny. They credited on IMDb, they credited uh, Mark Price as Skippy as well, but he's not in the credits and he's not in the show. So I don't know. Maybe just no, someone... we didn't even see his face like lurking in a window or he didn't come over and try to give Alex a pep talk or anything. Yeah, nothing. I don't know why. I don't know why they have him on there. If anybody knows uh, sadness would be Skippy. <laughs> That's true. He definitely could have given Al- <laughs> Alex a tip or two. Sha-la-la-la! Well, were there any bits that you wanted to go over? Any stuff I didn't cover? Jokes? Funny bits or whatever? Yeah. When Alex was sad and he's sitting at the table, uh, his parents are like, oh, you know, you don't eat, you don't sleep, you don't do anything. He's like, oh, I eat. He's like, I just had a cornflake. And I was like, <laughs> oh, goodness sakes. <laughs> he's got that container next to him and he eats one cornflake. And then later, Elise says he wants to shake him. And he's like, please don't. I just ate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when he's at the Leland diner, student lounge, whatever that was, and he's talking to Sharon, he's like, oh, I always just thought you were the waitress, you know, burgers, fries, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, and I thought you were the customer. Burgers, fries, shake, receipt for tax purposes. (laughs) (laughs) Another line that Alex said was, I'm hep to your jive. And we've got the subtitles on. So it literally spelled hep. H-E-P, and I'm like, <laughs> like a hep okay. I, that didn't, like, we had not heard that one before, so. Oh, really? Hep. You just weren't hep to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently we weren't. <laughs> the scene where Sharon's in the living room and Steven and Elise are like, oh my gosh, it's a girl. And then they brought Mallory in at that one point, <laughs> right. and she's like, yep, that's <laughs> a girl. <laughs> like they had to have her confirm it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, and then when Alex was so excited to go out and he's telling everybody, you know, yeah, I got a date and, you know, the girl tree and all that stuff. Steven is just like, it's so nice to see Alex have that warm glow again, just like right after a Reagan press conference. <laughs> right. Ronald Reagan. You right, know, right. Yeah, the president at the time there. But uh, it was just, it was so funny that uh, they, they mentioned that. Well, and then when he said it, he's, she's like, oh, it must be true love or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I don't know if you caught the fact that Alex said, oh, you know, she's 
pretty much just like Ellen, you know, I'm I'm in love, and nobody has stopped him and said, whoa, 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 calm down. Right. This isn't Ellen. This is another girl. And it was during that scene. They didn't, yeah, they definitely, they were eager for him to get out there, didn't really stop to think about the implications of that. Yeah, and what it would do to the poor girl. Right. I can't believe she stayed in the restaurant as long as she did. No. Well, she kept saying, I know what you're doing, Alex, but I guess she really wanted to get that chicken, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and maybe she didn't have a ride, but that's true. Finally, you know, four uh, instances of uh, problem too long, she finally left. Right. I was like, oh my gosh, why are you still there? Leave. <laughs> yeah, when he brought out like perfume and was like spraying her, that's like that's psychopath. That's like stalker level, you know. <laughs> yes, that's like full on creeper. <laughs> I also think it's funny that the waiter Carmine knew Ellen's perfume smell so well. <laughs> Yeah, that's not creepy at all. Like, if a waiter at a restaurant told you, like, oh, that's Heidi's smell, you'd be like, who are you, (laughs) right? Yeah, I'd be like, I don't even know what that is. How do you? (laughs) I dig through your trash. (laughs) I know that was... They're very friendly <laughs> with the waiters there. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been friends with waiters before, but uh, nobody's ever said that. Yeah, that'd be, that would be weird to say. <laughs> oh, so weird. <laughs> if you put those glasses on, you'd look just like Ellen. <laughs> I think that would have been when I got up and said, okay, yeah. enough is enough. We're, we're done here. Sha-la-la-la. This episode, we're, we're it was a fun episode. It was rad. It was schmad. <laughs> it was just plain bad that Ellen is gone. It was. It's so sad. And I can't believe that she's just gone. I have to believe that the producers were like, hey, we really want to keep you on. I mean, that's kind of the narrative that we saw. Because remember, Julia sent us a bunch of stuff about it behind the oh. scenes. And it was. I gotta rewatch it. It was very much seemed like she wanted to move on. She didn't want to be like committed to a regular episode or, you know, regular series. And she had other stuff she wanted, other projects she wanted to do. It seemed like it was amicable. And it probably, you know, worked well for the producers to have, you know, opportunities for additional people. But I mean, who knows the whole story? I just feel bad because, you know, whatever happened to that poor girl, you know? I know. Runs off to Paris. The uh, actress doesn't do a show anymore. Now she's just destitute. You know, selling real estate somewhere. I know. So sad. (laughs) She still posts about Michael J. Fox, too, which is crazy. Oh, she does? Oh, yeah. You know, I follow her on, like, Instagram and stuff. Nice. follow all the... Does he have a Instagram page? I think he... I think, like... There's a Michael J. Fox one, but I don't think he like actively maintains it. Where she seems to actually post stuff actively on hers. Boy, it's been a minute since I saw her. I wonder what she looks like now. She still looks like Ellen. Does she wear glasses? I don't think so, but I don't know for sure. Right. I don't know. I, I didn't like study that closely, but I do see updates occasionally. She posts stuff about you know whatever is going on, as one does on Instagram. <laughs> I'm an anti-poster. You know, you're you're a lurker, right? I am. I'm a lurker. And that's only when I spend time online. Not everyone, you know, wants to put stuff out there. Some people just want to see what everyone else is doing, and that's okay. That's true. That's me. In spite of our sadness at Ellen leaving, was there a moral to this episode? 
Yeah, unfortunately, you know, there's always a moral. And for me, it's just, you know, it hurts when the one that you love leaves, but it's the best pain because it proves that you were alive in the first place. Wow. Wow. That's deep. And then it made me think, like, Mallory could have used that to prove that Skippy is was a, uh, existed. That's right. Oh, man. We needed Skippy in this episode. Right? So maybe that's why they gave him credit, because they were like, oh, okay, well, we couldn't prove he existed last time, so here, if we just do this, it'll be fine. Well, that also proves he exists, because he was credited on IMDb. <laughs> that doesn't prove it. I don't know what would. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. You're right. Yeah. What about you? Did you get a moral? My moral was just like, don't try to, to put someone else, like, to put the pressure on someone to be like someone else. You have to care about a person or like a person for who they are, not for who you want them to be. 100%. Because that was just weird. And I feel like they could have had a fun time with, like, I, I really was hoping that when she talked about headbanging that we were going to hear whatever, like, punk or metal band that she was into. And we never got to actually hear any of that or see her actually headbang. No, and I have a hard time believing she was a headbanger. She didn't, like, dress the part. She certainly didn't look like she was a metalhead. But I would think it would have been fun to go there, so... I don't know. When she showed up to the house, she was wearing that black leather jacket. And you know what they say about leather jackets. Yeah, they're made of cow. Yeah, and and they make sure that you're a rebel. Oh, that's true. Well, I mean, Nick wears one occasionally, too. So we know. Oh, we know. what? I know. <laughs> no Nick this season yet, either. No. But, well, he's gearing up for his own show. That's true. And we have heard about him, so we know he's around. And we are only two episodes in. That's true. I guess I can be patient. We can't have everyone yeah. in it all at once. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to get rid of Ellen first, so that way we can make room for Nick. There's room for more people. Yeah, that's true. I wonder what Nick would say in that situation. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. You know what else he would say? What else would he say? You should write into our show and tell us what you think about Ellen leaving. That sounds exactly if like you think what she's Nick would in- say. A no good, dirty dancer. Well, Alex does hope she'll be the best dancer in the world, though. Aw, right? And he said, your friend. friend. Just kidding. Love, Alex. Your your son. son. (laughs) (laughs) That was a weird one to say. Your son. I didn't even get, like, what's the joke there? (laughs) No, there was no joke on that. Well, we're not joking, like you said, when we do hope that people write to us. Alex McKeaton is my friend at gmail.com. And uh, visit us on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And we just want to thank everyone for listening to almost 100 episodes yeah. of our show. Right. 97 down. You take, or wait, 97 episodes of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. <laughs> That's a long song to sing. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, it's kind of a mouthful, yeah, but you know. It really rolls off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> it, do- it doesn't actually. No, no, it does not. Oh. Well. It's been a good episode. Thanks again, Keith, for being an excellent co-host. Well, you're very kind. Thank you, as always. And it was my pleasure. Well, it is my pleasure to tell you all that we will be back again next week with another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. What would we do, baby, without us? Shalala.
dumb, dumb, dumb.